for tuning into our Soul Talks podcast. We're Christy and Bill Galtier. We have wonderful stories and insights from C.S. Lewis to share with you. He is one of the most influential Christian writers in history. This series is called Stepping into Narnia. Like the children in Lewis's famous fiction books, we all long to live in a world of beauty, adventure, intimacy with God, and fruitfulness for God. To me, Narnia is like the kingdom of the heavens. Yes, Lord Jesus, teach us more about living with you in your Father's world. A few days ago, we were blessed to lead a young couples group for some pastor couples who are in their 20s and serving the Lord together. Had them over here in our house, in our family room, and a time of conversation and sharing and prayer. It was a real blessing. Yes. Looking forward to doing that again next week. Yeah. And one of the women in the group, uh, Brianna Wood, said that she and her husband, uh, who's a pastor, she's a counselor, that they both listen to our soul talks each week. And uh, that's real helpful to their spiritual friendship. Yeah. She was saying they take turns picking which one they're going to listen to. And she was kind of laughing and saying, I like the ones that are more about emotional stuff. And, and, you know, my husband likes the ones where Bill's kind of talking more about theology. And so it was kind of fun to talk about. I thought I was the one that was leading on the emotional conversations. (laughs) Well, you're really pressing us in there. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. I do like to talk about uh, theology and psychology and the insights and what we're learning and how we can grow in the Lord and and serve Him better. I'm glad you do. Benefit because of it. Well, thanks for warming us up and helping us stay on track with, well, what what are we really feeling here? And where's God in that? Because we need to put put it together, don't we? Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about when God breaks through. We're in a series in which inspired by the life and writings of C.S. Lewis and uh, just love his concept of Narnia, Mm -hmm. the children's stories. We read all those stories to our kids, Mm -hmm. the Chronicles of Narnia, and they're all based on these uh, adventures that the ch- different children have in these, this land called Narnia, which is a, a spiritual place. So they're, they're going about their lives in London and uh, going to the train, and all of a sudden they get caught up in the, the wind of the train, and before they know it, they're in Narnia. Or they're looking into a, a painting of a ship at sea and just really looking into that, and then all of a sudden they find themselves on that ship, you know, or... The most famous and and, uh, first of the series of the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Lucy goes into the wardrobe in a game of hide-and-seek, and and then she's stepping into the snow and feeling uh, the branches of the evergreen trees, and she's in Narnia, and she leads the other, uh, her sister and and brothers in there with her. Yeah, and when they first get in, they don't don't know why they're there. They don't know... You know, that Aslan's called them and he's got mission for them or something he's doing that they're participating in. They learn that along the way. It's a really interesting thing. And I just love it as a, an analogy for the kingdom of God, because you can't like force yourself in there. You can't make it happen. And yet there is always some sense that they've been longing for, mm. for God, for, yes. for adventure, uh, this kind of a thing. And so it's, yes. a, it's a serendipity, but you can kind of have your self in a place of readiness or longing. Yes. You've been reading about some of C.S. Lewis's writings on longing. Well, he has a very interesting definition of joy. 
And when he talks about joy, particularly in his autobiography, Surprised by Joy, he capitalizes the J because it's such, uh, for him, such a holy state. And he's meaning to draw attention to the word. And what he means by joy is not what we think of. We think of, of pleasure and happiness and uh, enjoying things and being fulfilled and so forth. And he, what he actually means is longing, mm. great desire for God, and that he says this has a, a stab of joy in it mm. because it leaves us wanting more. Uh, we have an, an encounter with God of whatever kind, you know, reading in the scripture, uh, you know, in, in nature, a special moment in a relationship, uh, even a mystical experience. He says they, they, they tantalize us, these uh, senses of, of God's presence. We talked about John Wesley and the, the warming of the heart when we, we experience God being near. And he says this is a, is a bliss, a, mm. a wonderful, happy thing, but yet it is tinged with uh, uh, sadness, maybe even a deep sadness, because so much of life isn't like this, and there's so much more that we're longing for. And so Lewis says, well, if we find in ourselves a desire for something uh, so intense and so wonderful and it can't be satisfied, that gives us a clue that we are made for another world. Mm, Yeah, that's so helpful. That just gives us such hope, doesn't it? Yeah, we're made for the Garden of Eden and our, our sin uh, in sin, we, we left, we didn't want to depend on God, so we've lost the garden through our ancestors. Now we're, we're longing to go back, and heaven is all the way back in. <laughs> yeah. Our future and glory uh, with the Lord and the saints and the angels serving him for all eternity. But heaven breaks through here and, and now for us too. And that's called the kingdom of the heavens. And Jesus said, uh, rethink how you're living your life in light of this wonderful opportunity of a lifetime, that if you come to me, if you put your trust and confidence in me, Jesus says, as your Lord and your Savior, you can bring uh, yourself and whatever you're doing right now into the Father's world with me. And this is a place of righteousness, peace, and joy, Paul later explains. So it's helpful if we are aware of this reality and attentive to that and responsive to that. And then it helps us to be more alert to where maybe when God is breaking through in our lives. And yet what happens to a lot of us is that we, uh, because as we go through life, we have disappointments and we experience injustices, we have pain. We, we tend to want to shut that down through our defense mechanisms, various ways of coping. So one example, I'm thinking of a pastor I helped some years ago. I was associate pastor at a church in Orange County and was an alcoholic, high-functioning alcoholic, but had become uh, emotionally and physically dependent on alcohol. And he'd been, uh, he'd relapsed back into his problem and he was hiding it from everybody, you know, the others on staff and people that he ministered to. And one day the the lead pastor uh, around the office could tell, you know, could smell because when, when someone's really been drinking and their just system is saturated, with alcohol, you can actually smell it on their body. And, and he put two and two together and realized, oh, he's gone back to, to drinking you know, after all these years. And so he referred him to me for counseling. And so this whole process now that he had to go through with me, we, you know, in the therapy, we did some uncovering and learned his story. You know, and he grew up in a home where he had a father that was perfectionistic and uh, just really difficult to please, but mostly was workaholic and just gone all the time. So he was raised by his, his mom, 
And mom, you know, loved him, was a good Christian lady, but very insecure. And uh, so my friend experienced what we call trauma B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? But for our listeners, what's trauma B? Yeah. Well, we think about trauma A, well, that, which is normal trauma, which is abuse and very painful experiences that we might go through in life. Trauma B is emotional neglect. Yeah. When you're, you don't receive empathy when you don't receive listening and emotional nurture and bonding, you don't develop secure attachment. It's subtle. It doesn't seem like a big wound, but he had his childhood was just full of this, mm. this emotional disconnect. Mm -hmm. And so he had this emptiness inside and growing up, he, he just didn't know how to deal with the stresses and hurts that come along in life. And so he didn't know how to feel his emotions right. and to seek support from somebody, to seek listening. So he, he started shutting it down. And, you know, you can do that through playing games. You can do that through trying to do well in school. You can do that through your friendships. Just try to stay happy and, and productive and so forth. But, you know, as he got into adolescence, he started experimenting with alcohol and drugs. And then he found that was the really powerful way to shut down that emptiness and those anxieties and bad feelings, you know, and so uh, one thing led to another and he became an alcoholic. Well, when he became a Christian, he got free of that, at least for a number of years. And then in the stress that came along later when I met him, he had relapsed and, you know, really gone deep into using the drinking to cope with the problems in his marriage and his family and, and you know, how he's feeling about himself and his ministry and so forth. And so we need to do some uncovering work to get at that emptiness, and I needed to get at the emotions, mm -hmm. so follow those emotions you know, deeper into his life story and into his heart and help him learn how to talk about his life and his feelings and his needs in a way that would engage me as I'm empathizing and having compassion for him and help him learn how to receive that. He didn't, see, he didn't even know how to ask for that. Right. He didn't even know the need. He'd shut it down. Yeah, he didn't know the language of, of emotions. He didn't know how to talk about this. And so I'm drawing him out and teaching him how to put words to his experience and helping him go deeper in his self-disclosure. Yeah, well, I'm imagining that as he was shutting down his emotions and his needs, that also shuts down any longing for God. Yeah, and uh, thank you, because that's my point, is that this closed off Narnia to him. Yes. I mean, in one sense, not really. God loves us all, and he's mm -hmm. loving my friend in the midst of right. his alcoholism. Yes. But my friend's not connecting with him, mm -hmm. you see, and he's not trusting in the Lord who is present. He doesn't know how to receive and absorb the grace of God that is always present for us. I mean, he believes in it, obviously, mm -hmm. as a pastor. He's teaching right. on it, but he's lost contact with it. Mm -hmm. he, he had it before, and he can tell stories about the past and how God met him and so forth mm -hmm. and delivered him and did all these great things in his life. But then now he's got this season he's, he's in now that's going, you know, months and into uh, some years where he's really not connecting personally with the Lord. But uh, through the course of talking with me and receiving empathy and compassion and the catharsis of just releasing the, the pain and the unmet needs and, and the grief work, you see, and then receiving the comfort, that begins to, to free him up and he begins to slowly become alive. Uh, of course, the forgiveness work of you know forgiving his mom and his dad and others in his life releases him from the resentment and the bitterness and opens up his soul to the presence of God. And so now he starts having 
is he is he sober and is he's in relationship and living in truth and, and in honesty he begins to have serendipitous experiences touches from the holy spirit you know warmings and a sense of god's presence has always been there but see now he's opened up to the lord that's great I hope that our friends listening will think about times when they've experienced Narnia, when they've experienced that longing and that breakthrough, that experience, because I think as we remember those times in the past, it helps It helps us with our longing now. It helps us remember. I'm thinking of the children in the Narnia books and how sometimes it seems like when they're in Narnia, we never hear of them longing for to come back to life in England. But there is some times when Lewis shows us them in England and they're remembering Narnia and they're having some longing there that way. And so I think it's good for us too. Yeah. Longing is something that we can cultivate. We can pray for our hearts to be warm to God's presence. We can remember ways that we've experienced God's presence in the past or even this very day. And we can make much ado about the little things. Mm-hmm. You know, often when we have conversation, we do gratitude showers and yeah. you know, what are you thankful for today? Or how have you sensed God's presence today? And then yeah. we'll share with each other, and that, that can cultivate that, that longing for God and this yearning that is, it's, as one of my friends, another pastor says, he calls it happy sad. It's happy because we're talking about God moments, but it's sad because we don't have more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and that's what Lewis is talking about in, in longing for God. That's joy for Lewis. It's to realize how much we need God, how much we miss him. Uh, maybe we're not feeling his presence right now, and we yearn for him. We pine for him. That, to Lewis, is joy. And I relate to that. Yeah. Well, and there's really no joy, I don't think, without some fulfillment of desire. Yes, because as we come to the Lord uh, through prayer, through through scripture reading, through a worship service, through a soul talk with a friend, we begin to have that sense that uh, the love and grace of the Lord is near. And that's where we get too easily pleased. We settle for something, some lesser pleasure that isn't the true joy of them breaking of God. Which is what my friend was doing. He was finding some relaxation, some relief from the emptiness, the stress, and drinking. And then that just became more and more. And then before he knew what had happened, he had relapsed. And then he was embarrassed about it, but he couldn't stop. And so then he's hiding it. And he's just you know, finds himself, you know, pretty much going through the motions. I mean, he's, he's a professional, so he's, and he's very knowledgeable, so he's still helpful to people and caring as, you know, much as he can be in his ministry, but in, in his heart, there's this disconnect from the Lord. He's, he's no longer able to pray, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more like, well, alcohol is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so there's that great chasm now that's developed between him and the Lord, and that's replicating what he grew up with, that sense of emptiness. So we long for the Lord's presence. We, we long for his touches of his loving kindness and his grace, and we can actually uh, cultivate this longing, and we, we can look at our lives and see, you know, am, am I living a life that is oriented towards appreciating God's presence and joining with what he's doing? So... I've been doing a little experiment recently to help with this, and listeners, you might not know that one of my hobbies is following the baseball teams, particularly the Chicago Cubs, where I'm from, and uh, Los Angeles Angels here, where we live. But you've noticed, uh, Chrissy, the last couple of months, I haven't been uh, checking on the baseball scores or watching the highlights. No, you haven't. 
How's that felt for you? Oh, it's been great. <laughs> I've loved it. <laughs> You've been more present. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little experiment I did uh, starting when we were on vacation in Europe to to see, well, you know, I'm going to check out from my email and all my work. I'll, I think I'll just set aside the baseball and just be present to Christy and David and Brianne on our vacation and our experiences. And I liked it so much. I thought, well, I think I'm just going to continue this a little longer and uh, just see. And yeah, I've noticed that I'm more attentive for conversations, yeah. quicker to take free time and pray or to read. That's great. <laughs> You've been surprised. Yeah, because I enjoy baseball. I you know, watch a baseball game with a friend or with Jesus, and it's a good thing. Obviously, it's not a right. problem or something, but it, it brings up this point of, well, am I longing for God? Mm-hmm. And so one way we find out is to do a fast. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, you know, we can fast from food to teach ourselves that uh, the manna from heaven is what we can feed on, and but we can fast from anything. And we fast from things that are good or permissible, mm-hmm. but it helps us to appreciate the best thing, which is that the door to Narnia is open. Yes. The Lord is present. And I think we also can see the door to Narnia being open, God's presence, sometimes in hindsight, when we miss it, maybe in the present, thankfully. So I'm thinking about when we were on our trip in London and we were driving to in England to Oxford and we were listening to focus on the family's radio theater drama, C.S. Lewis at War. And we really enjoyed listening to that mm-hmm. together while we were there. And I recommend it to our listeners. We had some great spiritual conversations. Yeah. But one of the things that you see there is here, that was that was all set in this time of World War II. And it looks so horrible what's going on. And it seems like, God, where are you in this? And we, we can't see the inbreaking of God. And then now looking back, we see the inbreaking of God. Oh, my word, look how God used that. And here... Lewis cooperated with God in the inbreaking to record these radio shows that ended up to be the book of mere Christianity. There's a breakthrough that we could easily miss. Yeah, Lewis's whole career turned on that and him being asked mm-hmm. to do some public radio broadcasts. And I mean, his peers there at Oxford College ridiculed him about yeah. this, thinking that he was simplifying the. Um, intellectual truth and yeah. so forth and dumbing it all down, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and being so Christian, being so explicit yeah. in, in talking about his love for God and, and serving the Lord and so forth. But it, it opened up his, his teachings to uh, all of England and then all of the world. Mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Moore, who was kind of like a, a mother to him at that point, Patty's mom, who he lived with, was not supportive either. She was so fearful about him taking the train and all the bombings. And, you know, she didn't like him doing it. He didn't really have support. He had a lot of opposition there. But he, he trusted that God God was leading him to do this. Mm-hmm. And look at this here, how there was this great thing in breaking of the kingdom of God, even in this dark time. Yeah, his his faith and confidence in, in the voice of the Lord calling him to do this as he wrestled through in prayer. Was this a good use of his time? You know, he really took his time to pray about that. And so he, he followed the, the voice of Aslan, uh, even yeah. though he couldn't uh, see him, mm-hmm. so to speak. He didn't really know what was going to happen. And wow, what God has done. I mean, Mere Christianity, what an amazing book that is. I was reading some of that even just this morning as I was uh, having my breakfast. Yeah, So we're so thankful for C.S. Lewis and how he opens up the wardrobe and into Narnia and the, the light of heaven comes streaming in 
sometimes we're able to to feel that and really be blessed by that. And even in those cases, we're we're left with a certain sadness that we don't always feel this way and we want more. Uh, Other times, you know, we don't feel God's presence and we struggle with that. And we go through these different seasons of consolation and desolation, of blessing and trial. But always the Lord is near and uh, always the kingdom of God is at hand. And always we can take whatever we're doing and uh, bring it to the Lord, into the spiritual reality of the Father's world. And when we're in partnership with God, he does great things. Mm. We don't always see it right away. Sometimes it takes a long time, but we certainly see that in retrospect. We look at C.S. Lewis's legacy, all his writings that we're reading today, and and the story of my friend who uh, is now in recovery from his addiction to alcohol and flourishing in his ministry and his family illustrates the same point that, no, God breaks through, mm-hmm. and our part is to trust him and keep walking with him step by step. Thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help each of us to live anticipating and longing for you to be attentive and to notice your presence and your action and spirituality and your kingdom that's here with us now, and not to get discouraged and caught off guard and distracted by the difficulties, by the pains, by the frustrations, uh, by what seems like unanswered prayer at the time, but to continue to persevere in faith and trust and hope and calling out to you and longing for you, and then to celebrate and take notice and remember those times when we do experience your inbreaking of spiritual reality here with us, that joy, Lord, that you give us. We thank you and praise you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Thanks for sharing Soul Talks with your friends. The message is getting out. In just over one year, we've surpassed 50,000 downloads. You can continue to help us grow this community by using the share button on your podcast app or iTunes. Also, all of our podcast episodes are on soulshepherding.org, so you can paste the link into an email. We're loving hearing your comments and questions. You can connect with us on our website, on social media, or by replying to our weekly Soul Shepherding devotional email. We look forward to stepping into Narnia with you again next week. 